Well, uh, Smooth Rising family, welcome back to the kingdom. Um, I'm super excited about this particular episode. I have uh, a heavy hitter on this episode, uh, a powerful, powerful, powerful man, uh, a great leader. Uh, he's a coach. He's a, he's an entrepreneur. He has his own podcast. Shout out to the Say What podcast. Um, and, and most importantly, he's 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 good people, right? And we know nowadays good people are definitely hard to find. And so uh, he's a believer. He's a kingdom man. And uh, I'm excited to, to to listen to his testimony today and to share with you uh, his kingdom, uh, his perspective and his wisdom uh, that makes him great. So uh, without further ado, I want to start off the episode by first introducing my brother, Mr. Wayne Hosmith. Everybody give him a hand. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> J-Mac, thank you, man, so much for having me on here. I am, I am truly, you call me a heavy hitter, man, but I think you're one as well. I think you have. Um, you've inspired me more than you know, but um, yes, my name is Dwayne Highsmith. Um, I appreciate you for having me on. Um, I'm I'm a teacher and a coach at Rockwell High School. I um I love what I do. Um, I, I I think God specifically built me to be a coach, to be a teacher because he 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 gave me the ability to to speak and to speak life into people. Um, and so I've really tried to use that ability, my voice, to to use for the kids and for the youth that I encounter every day. Um, and, and it's been a blessing, man. And I, and I've that entrepreneur piece, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out still, still trying to grow in that. But, um, you know, somebody once told me you can't, you can't, you have to be your own boss at some point. Um, and so I'm trying to do that because in the future, you know, I want my family to, to be able to, to be set up for life. And so that's what I'm trying to do right now. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. Thank you. This has been, when you told me you wanted me to come on the podcast, I was a little nervous, but then I said, man, this is my friend. This is my brother. Get on here and, and y'all have a, just a general conversation. And everything will go well. So I'm excited for this. Thank you. Yes, sir, man. I had to, I had to get you on. And, and one of the things that, that um, we kind of got a chance to talk offline about, which is um, being, being different, but the, a part of the same kind. And so um, I know, you and I've been able to 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 admire each other from far, uh, even from from the AME days. You know what I'm saying? It's growing up in the church and having that foundation and having similar experiences within our parents, and you know, just being exposed to to what a true relationship with God looks like. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 something that the scripture said. Uh, train the train the child and whether he shall go and he will not depart from it. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. uh, and so, I just you know wanted to say, bro, I'm I'm happy to see how God's been able to bless you and flourish you to where you are today. And so, since you're now uh, being introduced to the kingdom, uh, I wanna I wanna take this time to to learn a little bit more about the walls, about about the, the territory and the wealth and and the plans for your kingdom moving forward. So. Uh, I'll start here with this question. Okay. Um, no, we was able to to, to introduce what you, what you do, um, but I would like to know, in your words, who do you think who who are you to other people? I'm a motivator, um, and I'm an encourager. Um, I, I I really try to to speak as much motivation and encouragement into 
the girls that I coach because I am a girls basketball coach, but also the kids that I teach in my class because they're from all different ethnic backgrounds. They're from all different um, economic and social economic statuses. Um, and what I've learned over the years is that the things that I've read, the things that I pull in from from other people, when I give it to them, they may never have heard these things before. They may have never experienced these things before. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, like mo nobody in my life ever told me, Dwayne, you can't do something. Um, and so I've given them that same mentality. Say, look, if you don't try, if you don't try to do something, you're going to fail yourself. And I, I tell them that trying is the magic, is the, is, the, is the magic elixir to life. Like that's the key to life. You got to try. And if you do it, if you succeed, guess what happens? Now you know how to do something. And so I try to tell them that you cannot, you have to be your own motivation. You have to be your own internal fuel because at some point, nobody can do it for you. you know, your parents can't push you. Your, your teammates can't push you. Your coaches can't push you. We can, we can confine um, the spaces and say, hey, this is how we want you to work. This is how hard we want you to work. Um, but the drive and the motivation you have to have to be successful, that's got to come from within. So I really try every day to and motivate them, encourage them, and then say, look, you are somebody, you are powerful, um, especially with young women. I don't know if you've seen this, but I, because of the area that I'm in, young women don't know how powerful they are whether they be white, black, Hispanic, whatever, they don't know how much power they have until somebody tells them and then somebody shows them. And once they see it, I'm immediately like, hey, you need to continue to build on this. You've got to push, you've got to grow because if you don't, maybe the world will be will not be better because you didn't reach your full potential. So that's what I'm, that's what I, who I am to people. Um, and I try to be that every day. And, you know, as you know, some days, you're not feeling it right. You don't feel the best. You don't feel the greatest. But because of who you are, you, what you, who you've been and who I've been, I have to find a way to be that for them because they may need it, you know? So it's just, it's a battle, but it's something that I love to do. Now, I like, I like how you said that you, that you are a motivator, you're an encourager. And uh, I know a lot of that is sparks from times where you had to um, use those same same word or pull that energy from, from, from other places. And so kind of talk about uh, some of, some of the challenges or some of the things that you had to overcome, like what would you, what would you describe as like the lowest moment that you had that um, allowed you to pull that energy to pull yourself back up to, to overcome? So my background is in business marketing. So I have a degree in business marketing. When I was a 17, 18 year old kid, my mindset was make as much money as you can. So I go to college, I get a, I get my business degree, and I'm like, oh man, I had a, my, my, me and my family, we had a close personal friend who, who was like a high ranking member at Pepsi. So I go through the process, I get my degree, I get an internship with Pepsi, I get the job with Pepsi, and I'm like, man, I'm living in this nice house. I mean, I'm living in this nice apartment, I got a nice car, I'm not worried about money, finances are great. Um, and then I get a promotion and I'm thinking, okay, this promotion means more money. I'm going to love my job. I got more autonomy. I can go out, come back in whenever I want. I get a company card. I got a company car, company laptop, iPad. So I'm set up. Like they're moving me. They're fast tracking me. And, I, and everybody from the outside is like, dude, you killing it. Yeah. But as, as after I got that promotion, it was a steady decline, not only emotionally, but mentally as well. And because when I woke up every day, 
I knew Jamal and I knew that I was not living in my purpose. I knew this was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I said, I remember waking up one day and I said, man, I am not going to sell soda for the rest of my life because I'm not <laughs> doing anything. I'm not, you know, and it's, it's funny. I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not giving anybody any motivation. I'm not speaking any life to anybody. I'm not doing something that's going to make the world better. And so it was, I want to say it was October of 2015, 2015. I said, nope, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I didn't know how, what, or I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I was like, okay, Dwayne, you know, this isn't going to work. You know that you, you're not in the best place mentally. You're not in the best place physically or emotionally. Every day you're waking up sad. You're going to sleep. You're sleeping your days away when you get home. You're not being productive. Um, and I hit it. I hit it. I was depressed. Um, and so one day I woke up and I said, what are you going to do? I kept praying to God. I was talking to him every day. I was like, God, help me find my purpose. My mom told me a prayer. She said, Dwayne, when I'm lost and when I need um, an answer, I said, I asked God to hit me in the face with it. And so I told God, I said, God, hit me in the face with my purpose. Hit mm-hmm. me in the face of what I'm supposed to do and don't let me miss it. And, you know, having conversations with my brother-in-law's brother, he was like, man, I'm teaching now. He got a business degree. He didn't want to do it anymore. He's like, I got my alternative certification. Um, I'm teaching now and I love it. And so I kept praying. I kept praying. And God was like, go get your alternative certification. Go teach. Um, and I was like, man, I have so many teachers in my family. My grandfather was a, was a teacher at, you know, Edward Waters College. He's a bishop. My dad's a teacher. He's a, he's a pastor. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I should be teaching. So I went and for two months, I was going to work, getting up, going to work at 8 a.m., riding around all day, going home at five, taking a lunch break, whatever, eating, finishing up my day. And then I was going to night school for my turn certification. So I was Mondays and Thursdays going to night school from eight to 10, 10 o'clock and doing it all over again for two months. And then I got my alternative cert. Um, and then in December 9th of that year, I said, hey, I'm done. I emailed my boss. I emailed my other boss that said, this is my two weeks notice. I'm out of here. I'm going to do something else. I don't want to do this anymore. And the, before I made that email, it was a Thursday morning. I'm at a gas station ready to go sell in. And I break down crying in my car. And for a man, you know, crying is not like, crying is not what you do and then especially for a man you don't cry and call your dad I didn't call my mom I called my dad and I said hey look I am in the worst place I've ever been in my life I can't do this anymore I need something different I need your help and he was okay and my dad prayed for me on that call he said slow down he's like if you're ready to come home you can come home You can live with us. You can save money. And until you get a teaching job, you know you need to work. You know you need to do everything you need to do. But it's time for you to leave. And he said, call your mom later. So I called my mom about two hours later. Um, We talked on the phone. She's like, it's time for you to come home. Pack up everything in Houston, Texas. Move. Get back here. And we'll help you through this time period. And that depression, me not wanting to do it, me just being in the lowest point of my life and having parents and the family around me that was able to take me in and say, you can come back home. You don't have to pay rent. You don't have to do anything. You just need to take care of what you need to take care of was such a blessing um, because I know some people don't have that. And so 
two weeks notice, December 9th, I left. Um, two weeks later, was home for Christmas, was home for everything. And in a year and a half, I, w- I was working overnight and I was substituting. So I was burning the midnight oil and working in the day, working during the day, trying to make ends meet. Never asked my parents for money or anything like that or any help with my bills. Um, and then eventually I got a job and life has been just a blessing ever since, man. So that was that was how I got to where I was supposed to be and where I am now. Yeah, that's 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 something that at that time I remember seeing you get the job and I was like I was I was in the same boat. I was like, bro, my man is killing it right now. Like what I need to do to get on too, type thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And um and then <clears throat> I remember um I think the conversation that when we when you when you and I connected it was you were sharing sharing with me kind of the process of where you were at that time, and I think that you had just transitioned into the job. If not, then it was about to transition into the job. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I did notice, man, is that the vision that you had once, or and and, and the perspective that you had about knowing I'm not living in purpose, like I'm living in 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 what I valued as success before I got it was, was a lie in a sense, right? Just because yeah, it wasn't yeah. for me. And I, I, I've experienced the same, the same type of type of battles, especially transitioning into corporate America, right? Because um, the school I went to uh, at Paul Quinn, a lot of the things that they push us to do is, is to be a business owner for one, but then mm-hmm. also you know, to, uh, to be, uh, an initiator, right? Like if it's something that you want to do, you go and figure it out and make it happen, right? And so when you transition, at least for me, when I transitioned to corporate America and, and even where I am now, like <clears throat> there's a lot of, um, there's a model that they want you to fit into, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you're not, if you're not consistently in that model, then it's almost like you 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 do not hold as much value to the company in that position, right? Yeah. And um, for me, it was difficult, especially my first job, because the redundancy of what I did every day, I felt like, no disrespect, a monkey could do it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you so, I um, want that to be your what your job is. Like you want something to be different every day. You want to have some the opportunity to make an impact, not just be a robot. So I understand that for sure. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was interesting. Like the part that they let me know that it was something bigger than this was my, my circle. Mm-hmm. Um, my circle, both, both, I was, I was a, some of my close friends at the time were very successful in business and, and doing things on, on their own. Right. Um, but then also, um, being able to, to bounce ideas about what I wanted to do with Inspired Kingdom and then looking at opportunities because I have I got my degree in business as well. So I, I started to understand the concepts about, you know, working the, the ins and outs of what makes a business successful, right? Yeah. So I remember we had one visit from a VP that came that flew down from I think New York and he was just kind of talking to us about the quarter about our numbers and, and the um, 
the vision that they have for us to move forward within the next year. So I had stood up and wrote, you know, notes down and started to ask him questions about um, what he what he feels like we can improve on, things that I've noticed that, I, that I, I've noticed that I feel like we can improve on as a team, as a department. And it took him by surprise because most of the questions I was asking him, he didn't even know. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why would how how why would you not know if you're the VP of our department? Like, if anything, if anyone should know, it definitely should be it, you. It should be you. You you the man with the plan. You you're leading us. And I can't be and that means I should be not not saying it in a bad way, but I should be where you are if I'm asking these questions and you don't even have answers for me. So Exactly. And so so from that from that point I was like, you know, um, and my mom, she told me, she was like, Jamal, sometimes I have to pray for you because, um, you, you, you like to do things your own way, which I do. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes for me, I, I, I get, I get hard headed in that sense. And so I say that to say that I think I thought I showed you offline. I'm in the, in the midst of a career change myself mm-hmm. and I'm trying to find that sweet spot of, 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 of purpose, uh, being able to make sure I can maintain the lifestyle that I had to provide for my wife and my future family. Um, and then just, you know, being happy or being joyful yeah. about the impact that I'm able to, to, to make uh, where I can utilize my skill set to the fullest. And so, uh, and it sounds like you've been able to find that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about the transition now as a, as a teacher that brings you the most fulfillment um, that, that you, that you've been able to see, like, no, this is how I know. And I've always been able to confirm this is what purpose looks like. Um, I think the transition and to know what purpose looks like is know that, and I'll give you in two cents and I'll give you in two different instances. Um, being able to to talk to kids and to be an influential person in young kids' minds, <clears throat> excuse me, it is it is a hard, but it is a super rewarding experience because when you get the cards and the letters and the 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 one-off conversations of thank you for caring about me or asking about me or thank you for for letting me know that the sport that I'm playing or the, the, the extracurricular activity that I am currently partaking in is not what defines me, is why I know I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, the, 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 the letters, the, the cards, the gifts, like the little gift cards, the amount that I get every year, and I don't need those things for me to do my job. Let me, let me say that before I keep moving on. I don't need those things because I love what I do. But it, it, but everybody, every man needs that affirmation, those words of affirmation that he is doing a very, very good job of, of what he's been tasked to do. So those things, those kids coming to me and saying, hey, thank you. Or they come to me and say, Coach Heisman, I need to talk. Or, man, I've, I've been teaching at Rockwell High School for the last three years. Um, and this year's a little different. But for the last two years, the amount of kids that come when on their off periods that come and sit in my class and may either sit on the floor or sit in a desk on their off period when they can go home or they can be with their friends. They come back and sit with me and they're in my class, hanging out, talking with me while I have other students in there. Let's me know 
that the things that I'm saying to them, the things that I'm imparting into them and the person I am to them is impactful. And then on the sec on the second hand of that, on the opposite hand of that, coaching basketball, when I take me and when I have a few girls and I say, hey, look, come up here on Saturday, let's work or stay at the practice, let's work on this. Seeing them improve and seeing them get better, whether it be ball handling or shooting, and you see that growth, um, it, it, it is like, it's like a revelation. I had a revelation, like one of those moments, maybe last year, you know, the girls are before basketball practice, I'm working on some things and it literally just washed over me like, like a flood. Like it was just like, Oh, this is where you're supposed to be. This is exactly what you need to be doing. And then I felt it. I felt something I'd never felt in my life. It was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is the exact lane I'm supposed to be in. And I don't want to be anywhere else, but despite how hard it may get, how troubling it may be, how tired I may get at times. If you do the, if you're doing something other than this, you would be miserable. Um, so those are two instances, man. The kids that come back and, and sit with me and talk with me, and then to see the girls that I coach grow and, and gain more knowledge in the game and gain better um, techniques in the game, have just been what lets me know this is this is your purpose. You're meant to do this, and and you have to do it as if you're working for the Lord, not for anybody else. So that's why that's how I know, man. That's what I see. Now, I think from my perspective, from what you just shared with me, man, is that how you've been able to define success before the transition was I need to put myself in a position where I know I can get what I want versus now success is I need to put myself in a position where I can give myself to people to help them get what they want. And that's spot on. Right. That's spot on. Like Jesus, God and Jesus are all about service. Um, and, and now I'm realizing what that means, like serving other people and praying for other people because I'm in a prayer group. And when I'm struggling in, in my faith and I'm struggling in my thirst for God and thirst for the word, praying for other people has caused, has allowed me to come back to him, um, serving other people and serving them with all my heart has allowed me to come back to him. So definitely, man, um, I can still get what I want, but even when I want to get things that I want, it doesn't feel as good as when I'm doing the things out of my heart and for these kids and for coaching. It just, it's just a different feel. And, and I, and I understand that now more than I ever did at 18, between 18 and 22, now that I'm 28, I see I see the world and see my purpose in such a different light. And you you talked about about faith, and I, I wanted to to kind of break down um, two things in in that because you and I both come from from the AME Church, um, and you know had that foundation there, uh, and both come from good stock within our family mm -hmm. and. and, and uh, the servants that they are, right? And so I want to know, how, how do you describe your relationship with God? Ongoing, um, ongoing. It has been, um, it has had its moments of complete and utter, like, faith in him. And then it's had its moments of complete, utter faith in myself. Um, and me and my best friend have talked about the reason why that is, is because our pride, um, our pride gets in the way and our selfishness gets in the way of him actually being the center of our lives at all times. Um, and because of that, we have to work harder. I'm not saying everybody doesn't have to work hard, but some people, because they're, 
more selfless than we are and, and, and more not, not as prideful as we are. We have to work harder. Um, and I've, and my faith, like I said, is ongoing. I'm at the beginning of quarantine, man. I had a routine. I was talking to God and reading his word every morning. I was in it. I was in it. And then we got out of quarantine. Life started to get back to being normal again and sort of kind of. And then school happened. And now because I'm not taking because of how my schedule is and it's not an excuse by any means. It feels more so that I'm trying to fit God in rather than making God my priority or like Jonathan McReynolds would say. Um, making room for him, preparing a table for mm-hmm. two and say, hey, this is me and you right now. Um, and, and if I don't have you right now, if I don't get you into my spirit right now, the rest of me is not going to go well. Um, and the rest of my day is not going to go well. So I've had to um, reprioritize um, a lot over the years and reprioritize, reprioritize now because as I'm thinking about be, getting, um, being engaged in, in a marriage, um, his decision, his will has become more prevalent in, in my mind and say, okay, whatever you want, however you want this to be. And that's hard, right? As Christians, and I've talked about it on my podcast, um, it's hard for us to let go. It's hard for us to relinquish to him and have complete and total faith in him because like in, like, like for us and like for my girlfriend, for instance, we want to have some sort of control. But then when we look at it, None of this is ours anyway. None of this was our control under our control anyway. So why are we trying to have control over it now? Um, so it was just me ongoing every day, remembering, hey, you gotta read your Bible app, you gotta open up the word, you gotta get something of him, whether it be music, um, it'd be a sermon, or you know, during the week I have my prayer group and we get on a call and it's us praying for each other and talking about our struggles. And that builds my faith in him too, because when we pray and we see somebody come out of their struggle. Then we're like, oh crap, here we go. Like we we are we this is the prayer is prayer is the engine that makes this faith go. And we see him working and moving. We we cannot ignore him. I can't ignore him. So, you know, it's ongoing, but it's it's a beautiful process because God has been working on me more than sometimes I would like, you know. And I like I like the way that you described your relationship with God. I was I was looking at um this this was eight twenty two twenty. I did a Bible study or like a devotion uh, about Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord of Peace, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I was able to break down Jehovah, and what Jehovah means is it's a it's a word that that this is <clears throat> the meaning is derived from Jehovah, which is translated into the existing one or Lord, right? Yeah. The chief meaning of Jehovah is derived from the Hebrew word uh, Hamva. Meaning to be or to or or to exist. It also suggests um, uh, another another suggestion for Jehovah would be to become or um, to make oneself known, right? Which, in other words, the your relationship with God of and the relationship of Jehovah is ongoing because He's constantly, daily looking for more opportunities to reveal Himself to yeah, you, right? Yeah. And um. There's a there's a there's a, a quote from Miles Monroe that kind of sparks like that the legacy question that we'll talk about in a little bit, and that quote is, um, "You're not a human with a spirit. You're a spirit having a human experience, right?" Mm-hmm. And um, what it lets me know is that sometimes we 
we we we we limit ourselves by identifying ourselves strictly as Christians, right? And he was breaking down like the reason why Christianity and Christians we were identify ourselves as that it was because in I believe it was in Corinthians or somewhere in the New Testament, the pagans would call the believers Christians, mm-hmm. right? Because Christians means to be like, right? Versus who we truly are, right? And how Jesus identified us not as Christians, not as um as as slaves, but as sons, yeah. right, and yeah. daughters of the kingdom. And if you go back to the quote that Miles Monroe was talking about, like your spirit is is sent to earth, right? And it's the authority of your body is what allows you to be here in the physical world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So because we are, are citizens of the kingdom, that's the reason why God sent us here as an ambassador to further his kingdom, most importantly, mm-hmm. right? And what makes us his sons and daughters is not necessarily, um, um, I'll, I'll put it this way. What makes us his sons and daughters is, is, is our faith, right? Because there's another thing that says, um, without God, we cannot, or without us, he will not, right? Which basically means that the authority that we have here on earth is strictly because of the spirit that God has placed in us to have and to be able to manage the kingdom that he's given us on this earth so that way it can bring glory to the kingdom that is his. Mm-hmm. And I sent out this quote the other day, because um, I feel like I'm rambling now, but <laughs> I sent out this quote the other day, and it talked. I said, when Adam fell, he didn't lose heaven. When Adam fell, he lost his kingdom on mm-hmm. earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's and good. So, That's really good. For, for us... We have to make sure that we are constantly plugged in to the, our relationship with God and constantly plugged in with the gifts and the tools that he's given us to to, to manage the, the kingdom that is on this earth and the kingdom that we are stepping into once we leave this Amen. earth, right? And that's, that's, that's the most important task that we have on this earth is to make sure that we do not um, is that we do our due diligence here, mm-hmm. right? While we have the time, because we know tomorrow, today, the next moment is not promised, yeah. right? I just, got, I just, I got, I, I got word yesterday from my uncle telling me that a guy, a guy that I lived with during in college, just got diagnosed with colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Went to the hospital twice, and this man is only like 40, 45, right? Had a friend of his got diagnosed with colon cancer at 35, mm. right? Went to the doctor twice, and the doctor turned away, turned him away because he didn't he he didn't suspect any any issue with yeah. him. Went to his friend diagnosed at 35, and he told him the symptoms, and then he went to the hospital the next day. They had to do emergency surgery on him mm. that day. Right. And so we I'm 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 twenty-nine, you're twenty-eight, right? Imagine that we get that type of news and we and we wasted the time that we have yeah. right now. Like imagine that turmoil that we'll that we'll be in right now. But I say that to say, man, um 
I'm I'm turning it back over to you because I, I I feel like you got some some stuff you wanna you wanna talk about on that part, but it's real, bro. Mm-hmm. It's real. It is, and and I think that that you know using the time that you've been given, I'm like you said, because no day, no moment, no you know nothing's promised. Um, is something that. You know, I I had to really come to grips with and I had to really say to myself, am I doing what God has asked me to do? And then am I doing am I using the things that God is, is giving me? Like you said, am I using the tools and the gifts? Because the word says God is giving you talents. He's giving you gifts. It's, it's, it's You have to use them according to his will and to his purpose for the kingdom and the glory of God. And. That's what convicted me, man. Like I have been, I, there are times in my life where I have been lazy and I have said, you know, I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to do this. Or I've been apprehensive and, and not going for anything. Um, and I and I praise God for this time of quarantine, man, because it made me sit down and reevaluate. And I had to look at all the things that I had been putting off. and had to look at all the things that I wanted to do and I had to say, am I doing enough? And then, like, leg- like legacy, like you said, like, your legacy is not promised. Your legacy could end today. It could end tomorrow. And I had to look at it and say, are my future kids and my future wife, are they going to see me going out and doing the things I, the things that I, that I, that I need to do to be successful? And are they going to see me praising God? Are they going to see me giving God the glory, even when I'm mad, even when I'm upset, even when times are bad? Because if they don't, then they're not going to understand and they're not going to realize you can't go always go to God when things are good. Like you said, when, when Adam fell, he didn't lose the kingdom. He didn't lose heaven. He didn't lose God. He lost his kingdom on earth. And when Tony Evans talked about in his book, kingdom man, like God gives you a domain, God gives you a realm to, to Lord over. And he, he says, and he prayed to God that I will rule this domain. Well, that I will rule what you've given me well. And I know you're the Lord and it's yours already, but if I don't rule what you've given me well, and I don't rule the people that you've given me in my kind of domain well, that I am ruining what you've given me. And I had this saying a couple of years ago and I kind of hold on to it. I don't rule, I don't want to ruin the blessings God has given me. Um, because if God, um, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Um, guys looked at me and he's seen me from the beginning till now. He's seen me on the, on my, he'll see me on my very last day. He knows all the good. He knows all the bad. And he was willing to give his son for me. How come I'm not willing to do and be, and to use the gifts that he's given me the right way and to give him glory and to bring people to him. Um, that's just, that seems so unfair, right? That seems like such a one-sided relationship. Um, and somebody likened it to this. Somebody said, if you're not, trying to bring glory to God and bring they bring um, people to the kingdom of heaven and you're not trying to use the gifts that God's giving you you're like a parasite and I was like ah that hurt that hurt like you know because I mean, you, you know that that, like, that hurts like you just we've all been in a sermon in and in, in a in a worship service and the pastor has said something and you're like that was directly for me and I am in like shambles right now or I, I am guilty of it and when they said that I immediately knew that I was guilty of being a parasite because when everything is good, I don't, I ain't talking to God. Like, God, I know you're there, but it's Gucci right now. I'm okay. And then when it's bad, I'm the first one to be like, all right, look, let's talk. 
please be here with me, please. I need you. And he's like, I ain't never left. You did. Um, and I've been conscious of that lately. And I, like I said, ongoing, my relationship with him is ongoing. I need to be even more conscious of it as I'm thinking about becoming a husband in a, in a, um, in a couple of years, in a year or so. I have to be conscious of that because my relationship with him, my prayer life with him is going to be a direct reflection of what my relationship is with, with my future wife and my kids. So it's just, man, you're right. Like it's hard to, and I'm rambling as well. This last thing I'm going to say about this, Lecrae in his new album, he talks about, forgive me. Um, I know I mess up, but be, because I know you're watching, it's so it's so much pressure. So he's like, so forgive me if I mess up. But because I know you're watching me, there's so much pressure. But I don't think it's bad pressure. I just think it's, man, I, guys, like, I know what you're capable of. I know who you are. You have my spirit in you. So you need to do what I'm, you do what I'm asking you to do and live according to me and, and everything. Not everything will be okay. You're going to have your trials and tribulations. You're going to have your, your times of, of sadness and times of pain. But I work all things out together. For, I work all things together for the good. So if you know that, keep going, keep doing, and, and it will be all right. And so I just had to keep that in mind too. No, that's 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 real, and I think it's very important to continue to immerse yourself in the promises of God, and knowing that knowing what His Word says. Makes all, all the, the difference. difference. All the difference, right? man. All the difference. Because for me, I, 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 I would imagine you probably find yourself in this position too. Um, for a long time, I would look at God like an ATM, mm. right? Mm. Like I have, I have, I have a relationship. I know there's money there, and I only go to you when I yeah. want something out. Yeah. Right. And you know, I can I can I can put my debit card in. She's like, okay, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> let me put this pen in. Lord, you've been so good. Thank you for waking me up this morning and starting me on yeah. my way. Yeah. You know, uh, let me do the call to worship real quick. You know, um, and the part about that is I was only using the ATM. In my relationship, just to get things out, not to deposit anything back in. Yeah. Right. And the relationship um, is give and take. But the most important thing I took from that and God showed me was how he identifies himself and how he introduces himself to us as what mm -hmm. he did. Mm -hmm. Right. Because a lot of times we're trying to figure out, like, God, like, I'm trying to learn more about you. I'm trying to, to invest myself and in, in, in getting to know you more. But he was like, okay, well, let me tell you who I who I is in his yeah. in his words. He said, God is love, right? So if love is something that I know, something I can feel, something that that I can I can identify with what love isn't, then I know who God is. Yeah, that's good. Right. And so 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 because love is is a is a is a is a entity itself that you have to have give and take compromise, right? I'm learning a lot more about this on this level now that, that I've transitioned into being married, right? Because God refers to his church as, as, as mm -hmm. his bride, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And 
for me, uh, and it sounds like you're kind of in 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 a getting to a similar stage in life, where when I decided to, and I, I talked about this yesterday, <laughs> when I decided to um, propose in my mind to Ashley, it was a gravity there that yeah, I never felt so wait for, and it, yeah, it is, and it's it's. I don't have a, a, a child, but I, I, I look at the relationship that people around me have with their children and they see their children as an extension mm-hmm. of themselves, a heartbeat literally with legs, mm-hmm. right? And um, that same feeling that they felt, that they described to me when they held, held their child for the first time in their arms, it was like, whoa, like the world stopped. And that I realized I have a life that I have yeah. to take care of, right? And it's for me when I decided to say, "Whoa, like I'm, 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 I'm going to take on this life as my own, and I'm going to cherish this heart as my own." But not only that, I'm going to have to give my heart into yeah. this person, and knowing that they're going to do the same thing for me, right? When I am living this every day. The communion that we have is it makes so much more sense about why God wants us to commune with him in the same way. Right. And why God says, OK, if you want to know who I is, love, love is who I am. Him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you, <laughs> let me so, ask you this question. I don't mean to cut you off, but have you found a good way to compromise? Because compromise for me right now, I'm learning compromise is, is man, it is one of the toughest things that this world has ever come up with um, because you, some things you can't <laughs> compromise on, but you want to try to, and some things are non-negotiable. So have you found a good way in these six months in, what have y'all, have y'all found a process? Let me know, enlighten us, please. Yeah. 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 So um, the two, the two biggest things, I think what well, the three biggest things that Ashley and I do is we always take off the labels of, our current yeah. status, right? So, if it's if it's something that's that is an issue to the core, I have to say, okay, I'm not talking to my wife, I'm not talking to my fiance, I'm not talking to my girlfriend, I'm talking to my mm-hmm. friend. So, as my friend, let me know what how we can work through this, right? Because I know if you care about me on that level first, everything else yeah. will fall into place, yeah. right? So that's that's number one. Number two is setting expectations, right? And constantly being able to go back and 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 check the other person when those expectations are not being met. So, for example, um, I, I'm I'm I know that <clears throat> my love language is quality time, physical touch, and um, mm. acts of service, right? And I know, I know her her love language are is, is similar. But just in different mm-hmm. orders, right? So for me, I'm be completely transparent. I might do something um, in my mind and say, "Okay, I'm gonna go do something nice for her. I might buy some flowers. I might cook. I might do something like this." And I have the expectation that that night we yeah, gonna do something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And then if it doesn't come and it doesn't work, then I'm disappointed. But you know, I never talked to her about that expectation that I had in my mind. So she can't, so so she's looking at me like, I don't understand why you're upset. 
because I didn't have the expectation yeah, that you had. Yeah. Right. Now, or, or or something. There's uh, another another example would be um, my wife is a great, amazing cook. Right. So for her, she loves enjoys cooking, but she hates yeah. doing the dishes. So to set the expectation of like, if I'm cooking for you, then you need to be able to wash the dishes if I'm cooking for you. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I hate washing dishes, but I'll do it because that's the expectation yeah. you set, right? So all that goes back to point three, which uh, is just communication, just constantly communicating about um, where we are and not being and being open and honest and transparent about all things. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm, I'm gonna take that. I think the biggest thing you said in there that that I. That I didn't realize is I'm taking off the labels and just talking to my friend. And because when I've talked to, and you know, when you talk to your friend, the conversation is you're able to get through and work through the conversation and work through the issues rather than this is my, you know, rather than this is my wife, this is the issue we have. And so I get that, man. I think that is powerful. I think that is very, very something very much needed right now for me. And I thank you for that. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, bro. So, kind of, kind of share with us, man, where you are within your relationship, um, with your, with your, with your uh, we, right now. If no, you, yeah, we, yeah, we're good. I mean, we, we are about we're what a year and, and six months in, man. Um, and we are, I mean, well, about four or five, four or five months in, and we are, you know, we, you know, the love is there, the understanding from my point of view that this is my 80, you know, we got, we talk, people talk about the 80, 20 rule. You're not going to get everything perfect, but what are you willing to deal with? What are you willing to, to put up with in, in a relationship, in a marriage? This is my 80. Like she is a wonderful woman and, and she loves God and she's trying to become better. And she pushes me to be better. You know, when I was 20 years old, if somebody made me mad or they should, I wouldn't, I wouldn't apologize. if I, you know, if, even if it wasn't my fault, I wasn't apologizing. And now if something's not right between us. Um, I, I am quick to, to say, Hey, I'm sorry for my part. I'm quick to say, I'm sorry. Let's find a way to get back to where we, you know, not to get back, but let's move, let's, let's learn about this and let's move. And, um, and I know that this is the woman I want to marry, um, but we are dealing and we are in a time and place where, same same beliefs same belief system um jesus christ and the blood and the body and the holy trinity um but religious differences of of you know how we're going to mesh those things um because of you know the greek orthodox church want like certain things to be a certain way they hold true to certain traditions and some of those traditions um for lack of a better word don't sit well with me um, and so I have to, right now it's, does Dwayne compromise? Um, you know, the wedding ceremony is a huge, you know, is a huge gap right now. That's, that's, it's built a wall between us and for that particular, um, thing. So we have to, um, talk to both, you know, to her priest at home and, and the priest that she, that, that for the church that she attends now, um, to try to find some sort of compromise, to try to find some sort of way that we can work things out. Um, and that compromise is, it looks like it's going to be the, the, a daunting task because they have the way they want to do things and they, they don't, there's no wiggle room. And, you know, I go to the full, for me in this part, in this part of our relationship, 
the marriage piece, I go to the foremost authority that I know. I go to my bishop, my grandfather, and I say, hey, look, what can we do here? How can we make these things, two things work? And, you know, from his point of view, it can happen. It can work. We can make it work. We can sit down and do the things that we need to do. Um, and then from, from their point of view, it's there's no wiggle room. Um, this is how we want things to be. Um, your father, your grandfather can be there. They're at the service, but they can't be a part of it. They can't help officiate. They can't do anything. So, and what I've stressed in this time to her, and I stress to all couples, realize that if you're not mad at your significant other and, you, and you're just mad at the situation or the circumstances, let them know that. Because people and women can feel like you're mad, so you're mad at me when you're really just mad at the situation. Mm -hmm. And so I've told her many a times because this is a contentious conversation for us. I'm not mad at you. I'm not angry with you. I love you. I want to be with you. I'm mad at the situation. And I'm mad at the circumstances that this is forcing us to have to put ourselves in. And, you know, as a man, do you compromise? And you say, look, this is, this is a situation where I'm going to have to give up. Um, what, I, what, I, what I saw and what I envisioned um, so that you feel comfortable? Or do you stand hold and stand fast to what you want and to what you thought and envisioned your, your, your wedding day would be like? And, you know, now as a man, I don't, I don't need everything. There's certain things that I did want. And so now me having to make the decision of do I compromise and let go? And if I compromise on this, does that mean she's going to give me what I want for something else that's major? Because that may not be the case. And so I can't look at it that way. And I can't be like, well, I gave you this. So you have to give me this. That's not that's not a way to do it. Um, and I'm reading this book called Holy, um, A Sacred Marriage. Um, and. He said that marriage is not meant to make you happy. It's meant to make you holy. Um, and if he says, he says something about like, and I've had to pray about our current situation. He's like, if your prayer life is not good, your relationship's not going to be good because your prayer life is direct. Your, your relationship is directly affected by your prayer life and how you talk to God. Um, and you should see your wife as you should see God as your father-in-law when you're in your marriage. So that helps you to to treat your wife accordingly, um, and I and it just it took me aback because I'm trying to put myself in position to be a husband, and so during this time period where we've grown and we're trying to continue to grow and get to the point where we want to be um, husband and wife, I've had to sit back and say, are you treating her? Are you talking to her as if she is your wife right now? And if you're, if God was sitting right here next to you, would he be okay with what, how you're, how you're looking at it, how you're approaching the conversation? So, but man, all that to say, like, when we figure this out and we get to the place of, and I get to the place of, and we get to the place where we're, we're okay and we, we understand what we're going to do for the marriage ceremony and all these things, um, I'm ready. Um, and I'm just waiting on God to say, hey, I'm, it's, it's my time, your time is now. Go ahead. Um, I, I bless it. I, 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 I'm allowing this to take place, um, and I want this to be a thing. So um, we are just moving slowly but surely, and I think the conversation is just ongoing and trying to find a way to work with each other the best way possible. I would, I would, I would say, bro. Um... Dude, what you're what you're facing is very common. I know for sure. Um, my experience was a little different, 
but one one of the things that is constant and um is <clears throat> culture yeah. right culture differences is 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 is, is going to come up a lot more in your relationship as you all grow and and, and advance in different stages of life right and that's going to be you know when when people talk about you know what are the three challenges so that, um in marriage, they says it's money, sex, um, and it was like another one, I think, or maybe culture might be it too. But I know money, sex are, are the top two. Um, or kids, mm-hmm. that's what it is, mm-hmm. kids. So right, and so, <clears throat> um, I know that God, and this from from listening to you, I know that God has definitely positioned you and placed you to be together um one of the things that ashley and i had to had to overcome was the idea and the concept of getting married versus getting married mm-hmm. 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 yeah no that's the two different things <laughs> right like the, the the marriage is you between three people you the, your spouse and, and God, the the wedding is for everybody else to feel like they've been a part of this. And and that's one thing that I've had to kind of discern myself is what, what are we, who, who are we getting married for and who are we getting married to? And that's a huge question. That's a huge right. question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so that's that's with us with the with the pandemic, man. Like I got married mm-hmm. twice, so you can go through this one time. I had to go through it two times. <laughs> um, but man, what what led what what I can see at least for us on our side was that you know the wedding day was a, a beautiful time uh, for us to 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 be happy with our family and our loved ones, but we live this what this this marriage yeah. every day. So I would just I would just say and I'm and I'm grateful that we have people in our corner that was just like, you know, do you do whatever it is that makes you happy. And I know that it might not be what other people want, but this yeah, is yours. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like like you, this is yours. So, if if whatever it takes for you all, you two, to be happy, do that. That would that's, be my that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. I needed that, man. And because you lose sight of that, like you know, I think you lose sight of that. What what's what? This is for us. Um, and I think I've I haven't. I think we've lost sight of that in our conversation, but. You know, you know it's for you and you too in the back of your mind. But when you have the conversation of how do we mesh these two things or how do we work these two things out, when it seems like one side doesn't want to necessarily compromise, you lose the you, you know, you and your you and I. You lose the you and I, and you start looking at the others. And now the you and I is on the back burner. And you're like, wait a minute, this is supposed to be us in the first place, not them. So, oh, that's good, man. That's good. I needed that. So, yeah, I man, I just encourage you, bro. And if there's anything that you ever want to talk about about that, to as, as you're navigating through those through those spaces, man, just let me know because um, some of those 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 stories uh, and mm-hmm. testimonies uh, about getting married and going through a wedding 
man, relationships shift and change. Like some of the relationships that I hold dear to me in my heart, um, even by us getting married on that, on, on however things fail, still yeah. have not been yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I just, again, do what makes you happy for you. Appreciate that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, man. So, um, so to that point, man, I want to to kind of wrap up the conversation because I know this is this has been good, and I want to I want to bring you back on to um, back on to the Kingdom podcast and and kind of explore a little bit more about some of the things that that make you you definitely as well, and even get your insight in in um, helping and talking to people about relationships as well. You know what I'm saying? Not just your with your with your your fiance, but um, navigating relationships and keeping your circle mm-hmm. true to mm-hmm. you. You know what I'm saying? Um, so to that point, man, I wanna I wanna kind of pivot the conversation to your thoughts on on 2020. Man, that's a heavy load. That's a heavy, heavy, heavy question. Um, I think 2020, like you, you we talked about before we got on. You said death and justice was your things for 2020. I think uh, I think my my thing for 2020, man, has been is two words, a phrase: lack of empathy. Um, we have we have lost mm. the ability to empathize with people who are hurting. We have lost the, the ability to empathize with people who need support, who need um, whether it be emotional support, mentally mental support, whatever it may be. We have quarantine gave us a chance to be. Quarantine did two things. They did one thing. They did two things, and they did one thing great. It was allow us to 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 get out, exercise, and to grow and become better people um, within ourselves. But then it, it also gave us a chance to be very very selfish because in that time period of us thinking about us and our family, we stopped worrying about what other people were dealing with and what other people were feeling because we were worried about what, how we were going to make it, how we were going to feel, or if we were going to get sick, or we were going to die. And yes, don't get me wrong, those are very, very important things that you need to worry about. Um, but when we talk about the kingdom of God, we talk about Jesus. Jesus came for the sick, to heal the sick, to heal the blind, to heal the lame, to heal to heal the downtrodden. He he even says, man, like, you know, it's easier for a man who, you know, who doesn't have much to get to the kingdom of heaven who didn't the man who has it all. Because you realize, like God, did, God was one of the God was one of the people who was who was beaten, who was battered, who was nailed to the cross. God was the minority, and God was the out outsider. Jesus was the outsider. So, how, what did we get to the point where we've got? What? How do we get to the point where we don't empathize with people who have less than us, or people who don't who don't have the same rights as us? And man, I've I've looked at this from all different angles of 2020, and we're talking about I'm talking about injustice right now. And, and the racial things that are going on in the United States of America. The very foundation of the United States of America was built on a protest. The very foundation of the United States of America was built on people fighting for their rights. People who went and, and threw tea off of, a, off of a, a British ship into the Boston Harbor. The very, one of the very first people to die in the American Revolution was a black man named Crispus Attucks. So if you can tell if you if you're if we're sitting here today in 2020 and you you're a person who looks at what the Black Lives Matter movement is doing, what other 
corporations and, and NBA teams and WNBA teams, MLB teams, any other major corporations in this world who are supporting the, the racial injustice that's going on. And you look at this and you say, this is wrong. Then you're, you're literally telling me that the foundation of America is wrong then too. And then, you know, we have this slogan and, and I, I know this may sound harsh and I hope some people on that are listening don't think of me different, but we have this, this slogan of make America great again. Was that pre-slavery or post? Was that before or after women could vote? Was that segregation? When, when are we talking about? Because if we want to be honest, uh, everything that America has had, it is right now, has been stolen. Whether it was stolen from the British when they took the government system or was taken from the, the Indian American, the, you know, uh, Native Americans when they came, when we came over here. We have nothing that is our own. We were never essentially great. We just looked at it as the greatest country because we have the better technology, we have more money, or we have a better military system. So we have more power, but we don't have enough empathy. We don't have enough sympathy. We don't have enough grace. We don't have enough mercy for the people who don't have what we have or don't look like us, don't sound like us, don't don't think like us. Like you can think any way you want to think. But I think we've gotten we the lines of right and wrong have been so blurred now that we don't we can't even see some people can't even see what side they're on anymore. They're just following whatever leadership blindly because they because they say what they want to hear. Um, so I think the lack of empathy will be my theme for 2020. And and I'm gonna talk about that on my podcast, um, the Say What podcast here in a couple of days. Man, where's our empathy gone? Do we have it anymore? Um, that's how I feel 2020 is, man. Man, that's 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 a great synopsis of of 2020, and I agree. I, I when when for example when uh, the verdict came for Breonna Taylor, and they said that they were not guilty, like nothing felt mm-hmm. like I felt nothing. Like I, I was just all numb to it, and I was just like, okay. Um, and the part about that is, it's, it's, it's so sad that, yeah, someone's life literally is gone. Whether it be Donna Taylor, whether it be my neighbor, whether it be you know, and I, and it was like. Okay, let me figure out what I what I gotta do next today on the on my to do list. That's the part that's sad. Um, and when you look at what you talked about, you know, make America great again. Oh man, I think it's very ironic that I live uh, in Saginaw, which is like mm-hmm. Saginaw mm-hmm. Lake Worth, which is um, northwest Fort Worth. And um, I have been very surprised about how um, bold these people are about how they support Trump. For example, I go to one of my favorite establishments quite often, Whataburger, and I'm sitting in the drive-thru, and this guy literally reconstructed his bumper to help to have a, mm. a American flag and a Trump flag on the bumper of his truck, flying this around, and then 
I'm driving around neighborhoods and people have literally have like Trump signs in their in their in their in, on their lawn, but then in the backyard that's facing the main street have completely like covered their whole backyard with Trump signs, right? And even to the point to where neighbors in our community close to where we live have been given um, a flyer to join them next week on the lake to have a Trump vote rally, right? And um, I understand everything plays into politics. I understand, I understand, you know, there's certain, there's a, a, a certain rhetoric and certain, certain um, laws that comes along with supporting your party. I get that, right? But this man is on a whole different level. Like, I feel like the culture that we're living in is, is glorifying imposter, right? And there's no substance to that at all, at all, right? And it's, and it's so opposite of what we as believers and as people that are, are kingdom-minded we're trying it's, it's 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 an uphill battle, bro. Like the system that we live in is 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 so flawed and so broken that And I had that oh, same man. conversation with, I, my, with one of my close like, friends do I even um, want to on, bring you know, on my podcast the other day. Was, you know, it's called Black Men Talking. I said, Hey, what? I said, Do you wanna bring kids in the world? And he's ma- and he's married to um a, a Caucasian woman. Like he is you know, and their their kids are gonna be He's going to have to teach his kids, whether they look lighter or they look darker, he's going to have to teach the kids how to to operate in certain situations so that they can come home at night. Um, and and I, I agree with you, man. Like I, I said, do I want to have kids come into this world and have to sit here yeah. and, and explain to them that just because you were born with a different color, a different color of skin, you are automatically looked at as someone who is less than. They can love you, but if you're dunking a basketball, but, you know, my son, if you're if you're running track, my daughter, are you doing anything that brings them joy? They're going to love you. But the moment you take a knee and you do it peacefully because it's somebody that looks like you is being killed for no reason, they don't like you anymore. And, that, and that's astounding to me how we've gotten to the place of, and I told somebody the other day, I said, man, if this is happening to them, they would be in, uh, they would be in an all-out uproar. They would be upset. And we would have to sympathize and be like, oh, it's okay. But because it's not, we're automatically looked at, oh no, you have the you're you're doing it wrong or you're you're doing something that's not right. But like I said previously, the entire foundation of the United States of America was built on a protest. So how can you tell me that it, that my protest is wrong when the First Amendment that was given to all men says I'm allowed to do it? And, I, and to that point, to that point, it, I, it definitely was on a protest. And I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing that it was, was economic freedom, right? And the Civil War was yeah. never really ended. Yeah. It was just redirected into a different, in, into different spaces, right? Very, very limited, right? And so that Civil War was 
economic power, right? And right now, I think the good thing that's coming to making America great again for Black people, in a sense, is now our generation are, are fully, I think, I think we're the manifestation of, of, of the generation that can really spark and begin to put ourselves in position to redirect the change where it needs to be, right? For the next one. And then to also protect them and, and put them in a better position yeah. that yeah. Um, they can further the further, further, further the movement. Um, and because now we're more, we have, we have the resources and the knowledge to build well, right? We know what to do, right? Um, and that's that's going to be our saving grace, bro. Is is economic empowerment, and I and I feel like now some of my wife this because she's in education too, and I was like, you know, we 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 prepare these kids to go to college, right? And then if they are not, depending on the college they go to, yeah. they're graduating in debt with with in debt, which means that there's certain things that they can't do, like purchase a home or do certain like things like that. So I'm saying, okay, so instead of giving them a hundred thousand dollars in debt to get an education, what if we gave them a hundred thousand yeah. dollars in a business that they can choose to step into that has a working system for four years, immerse themselves into that system so that way they can have ownership and equity into that business True. and then allow them to, to, that to is grow the system. Um, and franchise or whatever think, business. I'm gonna say that this is. to a I think that's of, a system. If you're a parent yeah. right now and you have kids and they're young, you need to start saving and building up wealth so that when if they do decide to go to college and there's no business for them to step into, that you can pay for college for them. My parents, um, God bless them, and I don't know how they did it, and I'm gonna find out. They put me they put me through four years of school. Granted, I had other scholarships that helped, you know, you know, educationally and, and <laughs> athletic wise. But they put me through college and I graduated from Prairie View in twenty fourteen with no debt. So I was able so I was able to walk across the stage and feel free. And I'll tell you, man, one thing that scared me was one thing that wow. scared me, I went to a debt meeting and a uh, a loan meeting at the end of the year for P V and somebody said I need to go. And I was like, Man, I don't need to go. I don't have no money, no no loans out, no nothing. And I went in that meeting and I was walking by looking for my folder and I looked and I glanced down at somebody's paper and it said $77,000 old. And I was like, wow. I was like, that, that, I was like, man, that, that is, that is a steep hill to climb. And that is a hill that if you don't have no help, climbing that hill is going to set you back for a number of years. Um, and that is that is so scary to me that and so I say that like I said, if you're a parent right now, you you need to be doing something so that your kid knows that when they walk across that stage, whatever year they graduate, that money is not enough. Now money is not an the money that I would have to give back is minimal to nothing, so that I can step into the world and say, hey, I I can do whatever I want to do because I don't have anybody to pay back. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's 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 so many people that 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 had that uphill battle and um like I say it, it it does hold them back and I feel like if there's a way and I, and I think that it's coming, you know, um the alternative of being able to 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 help 
our community um, transition into more wealth, uh, more businesses, more opportunities. Is, um, it is. I think that's the way to go, bro. That's the way to go. So, um, so I want to, I want to, um, I know time's been well spent and I know we are a little over our hour time, but, uh, I want to, to, to end our conversation with, um, the legacy question, right? So, um, when all things are said and done, right, your time comes, um, what do you want the whole world? Oh man, that's to heavy. To, at nine, nine, twenty-three in the morning on Sunday, what's my legacy? Um, <laughs> what will my legacy be? I think I want my legacy to be one of of, of love. That they, Dwayne loved. Um, and he loved anyone and everybody. Um, and he loved his wife. I want it to be one of, um, of. I say, um, persistence. Um, you know, he when he has something on his plate, he has something in front of him. He persisted until it was done. Um, I want also to be one of caring. Like, I, I just care about people, man. I think people need to know, people need to feel that they are important. And, and by me asking, how are you doing? What's, how's, how's your life going? How, how, do you need anything from me? And not asking and say that if, I, if, I, if I'm asking this, I need you to ask me in return. Just nah, man, this is, this is what I believe. And I care for you because I know you may not have nobody that's asking you these questions. Um, and then I also want to know that, you know, that he was a believer, that even though he had his times of strife and his times of, of failure and times of falling short of the glory of God, he gave God all that he had. He gave God everything that he, he asked of him and he tried to do more. Um, and, and that at the end of the day, he, he was the guy was able to call, say, well done and, and that good and faithful servant. Um, and then I want them to know that. I want people to look at my legacy and my legacy to be one of that. He didn't settle um, with my podcast. It was very, it was so much of a, I don't know. Um, should I do my podcast? And, and lo and behold, because I reached out to somebody that gave me some ideas, I prayed on it. Um, and now my podcast is not flourishing by any means. It wasn't meant to be a, a world renowned national podcast. It was meant to just shed light on some things that I see and that I feel and the feedback I've gotten from you and other people has been such a beautiful thing. And then, you know, my businesses that I'm trying to do training this, you know, this young woman and started trying to get this um, training business out the ground. And then this basketball training business out the ground. Um, again, I just cared and I poured into other people and I served them and I served well. Um, and, that, and that's, and, and that's really what it is, man. And, and trust me, like I said, on my podcast and I've said many a times, I'm not the greatest. I'm not the best. And I fall all the time and I need to be better. Um, but I'm trying um, and I'm going to try a little bit harder every day to be better than I was the day before. And if that happens, then I, I, I hopefully I can look back and, and I've done something with my life. That's real. I, I can definitely see that manifesting in your life because you're already putting and sowing those seeds and making those things happen. And so uh, I just want to say um, I'm proud of you, bro, because it's a lot of things that, 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 that you could be doing, but you're doing all the right things. And so, you know, just continue to, to keep up the work because you're a leader in the community right, right now, like whether you 
label yourself that or not, you are, right? Like you're literally impacting and changing lives daily. So I appreciate your investment, bro. I do. I do. So um, before you get off, I want to make sure that um, you, you, we, I can set some time up and edit uh, your, your commercial <laughs> in a sense. Um, and so you can kind of break down uh, your podcast. Um, yeah, you can find me um, can find you, at Coach Highsmith um, on Instagram. And, and, um, and that will directly link you to my podcast. Um, my podcast is Say What Podcast um, on any platform, Google Podcast. Um, I have an Instagram page as well. Um, I'm on Anchor. I'm on Spotify. Um, and honestly, my podcast is just me being a 28-year-old male dealing with life. Um, I talk about viral scriptures. I talk about songs that I'm listening to. Talk about things that have happened in my that are happening in my life daily, um, and I just want to. It's just an honest conversation of how do you feel? Um, are you you know are you taking certain things to heart? Are you looking at certain things a certain way? Um, and and it's just me being honest with myself, and then trying to be honest with everybody, and saying that I, you're not alone in what you're feeling. Um, so again, at say what podcast? Um, you can find it on on any any podcast medium. You can find it on Instagram. It'll pop up. Um, and I just encourage you to listen and to give me as much feedback as you can um, and tell me how you feel. Um, and like I said, I have two businesses going right now. There are no names to them because I only have one client. But when they come, you know, we post it over both social media so that, you know, if you have an athlete or a son um, or a daughter who wants to become an athlete, I'm in the business of trying to make them better. So just let, and let contact me and we can get that going. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you, Jamal. You have been a blessing to me this morning. You have light lightened my heart um, and lightened the load for me this morning in a way you could never have imagined before you got on here. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you for listening. Remember to stay plugged in, stay blessed, and ask yourself, what are you doing to inspire your kingdom?